Good morning, church. This morning, we will be reading John 14, verses 25 through 31. These things I have spoken to you, why I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer take, I will no longer touch, talk much with you, for the ruler of the world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Say that again. Good morning, church. Thank you for being here and also for joining us online. Hope you guys had an amazing Christmas. We are finishing up our series today titled Peace on Earth. See, our amazing pastors, they led us through a Christmas series that was amazing, hasn't it? They have, um, they have discussed how the arrival of Jesus, the very birth of Jesus, brings us peace. And that peace is found in the removal of dark, not, not in the removal of darkness. It's not found in the, in, in the removal of darkness, but the very entrance of light. That's what they have taught us. They also told us that when we are in awe of God, when we are beholding the glory of the Lord, right? When we get to see him in, his, in the fullness of his glory, peace, peace prevails in our hearts. Even during the hardships of life, we can worship our creator. We can worship our God. We can worship our way to peace. See, I'm convinced that's exactly what we needed to hear. Because we are finishing up a year that has been brutally honest with us, haven't it? Where we, where we needed peace. Because each and every day, almost every day this year, we were brutally reminded that we are in desperate need of peace. Right? When we feared going outside and being around other people because the very air that we breathe may even take our life. Or seeing and listening to our leaders rage at each other in conflict. Or even watching social media and seeing people die unjustly because of the very color of their skin. You see, this year, 
death, pain, isolation, and even grief have troubled our hearts. You see, John 14 teaches us where our peace comes from. Where are you seeking peace? Are you at peace this morning? Did you come in with different worries, anxieties? Maybe you're worried about next year. What is 2021 going to look like? Where is your peace this morning? You see, this baby that we were waiting for became a man. And he lived a life that we could never live perfectly. So today's sermon is titled, Living in Peace by the Spirit of Christ. See, that baby that grew up and became a man, that lived a perfect life, he lets us into a conversation that he's having with his disciples, with his closest friends, hours before his death. So this farewell conversation, this goodbye, he prepares their hearts for the most troubling moment in our lives. And I think he is also preparing our hearts as well. And he's going to show us where true peace comes from. John chapter 14, verse 27 says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. So point number one, the peace of this world isn't comparable to the peace Jesus promises. Did you know there is a place that you can go for, go to, that offers you peace that is not from God? That is not from God at all. And it's from the world. It's the peace that the world gives. And, and, and what we can learn from the peace that the world gives is that it's, it's temporary. We also would learn that it, it's not just temporary, but it, it is based upon our circumstances. It's based upon our situation. And also we're going to find that it's incomplete. So what I mean by that, that it's temporary. It's temporary because it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. See, I can stand up here and say, hey, guys, down the street from here, there's a place that can give you peace, right? It's called Cold Stone, right? <laughs> All you have to go in and just say they have three different options, like it, love it, got to have it, right? Oh, even if you're on the other side of where we closer to me, next to the town center, they just build a new ice cream place there. It's called Brewster's, right? Me and my family, we run there every, almost every Sunday, Right? <laughs> Ice cream, guys. Don't that sound good? But guess what happens after we eat that ice cream? Our worries, our troubles, it's still there, isn't it? Right? That's what the world teaches us. The world teaches us that there, there, is, there is peace when you're enjoying that ice cream. Or maybe it's not ice cream for you. Maybe it's the bottle, right? Maybe after a long day of work, a long day at the office, a long day raising your kids, you just pour a glass of whatever you like, right? And you say, ah, I'm finally at peace. I'm finally at rest. 
But, but guess what? No matter how many glasses you pour, when you wake up the next morning, guess what's still there? Your circumstances. Your troubles. You still have to go to work. Those kids are still going to wake you up. All right? So maybe it's based on your circumstances. All right? The world's peace says if, if your circumstances are, are easy and nice and free from the turmoil of life, then you'll have peace. You got to wait for the weekend, right? Don't we love the weekend? We work hard all week. We say, man, I, I can't wait to get away from this paperwork. I can't wait to get away from this office. My boss is driving me crazy. I just, I just need two days. And we hope for the weekend, don't we? Or maybe it's the opposite from you. You, you find peace at work. It's like, man, I can't wait to get away from my kids and my family so I can go back to work, be behind my desk, and no cares in the world, right? I'm a, I'm a teacher. I get it. Right? Teachers long for Christmas break. We long for it. I, praise God, I haven't logged into Zoom over the last week and a half, and it's been great. Right? We always long for something. It's based upon our circumstance. I'm not going to tell you what time I went to bed on Christmas Eve. I'm not going to tell you. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? See, me and my wife we were up baking, wrapping, cleaning, because we, we guess what? The world says that if you're in control of your circumstances, you can manipulate your life. You can be in control of your life. Right? That's what the problem with the peace that the world offers us. That's why it's so incomplete, because it's about us. When we believe that we can be in control of our own lives, <laughs> the peace that the world offers us says, hey, if you are in charge, if you have things go the way that you want them, you can experience peace. And that, my friend, is a lie. No matter how hard you hold on to your life, life will really remind you that you're not in control. And reminds you that it is, this is incomplete. This is not it. But let me tell you about the peace that Jesus promises. You see, the peace that Jesus promised is lasting. It's eternal. It's, it's here today, and it's here tomorrow, and it's here for eternity. Because guess what? It has nothing to do with you and how, how hard you control your life. It all depends on the one who gave you your life, who is the life giver. It's from God, and it is God. The peace that Jesus promises is a person. It's not a circumstance. It's shalom. The spirit of God. And it's free. Did you know it was free? It's a free gift. The Holy Spirit is a free gift to you and me. See, Jesus promises it's lasting, it's eternal, it's from God, and it is God, and it's complete, right? So no matter what circumstance, no matter what situation, no matter what life throws our way, guess what we will always have? The very peace of God. Shalom. 
That's what Jesus came to give you, to give you life. So that way you can live each and every day of your life knowing that you're loved, knowing that, that you are secured, knowing that nothing can separate you from his love. That's the peace that Jesus is offering, and it's complete. You see, in the next couple of hours, the disciples' lives are about to turn upside down. They're about to get a lot worse. You see, their friend, their master, their Lord, the person they've been following over the last three years, he was going to be arrested, beaten, and murdered. And guess what they would do? They would soon abandon him. They would soon deny him. They would soon fail him. They would fail him as a friend. They would fail him as, a, as their teacher, as their Lord, as their master, as followers, as friends. And guess what? They would feel alone and isolated and hopeless. See, the external situation will be very, the very absence of peace. Yet Jesus is promising them his peace, his shalom. He is promising his disciples something that is beyond their circumstances, beyond the situation they're about to face. He's promising the very presence of God, not just with them, but inside of them. And they should know this peace very well, shouldn't they? You guys remember the story when, when, um, when they were on the boat? And, and the wind and the waves that came and the waves were crashing into the boat. And the disciples tried to be in control. I'm sure they would try to be in control of the situation. They were trying to do whatever it takes for, to stop them from drowning and dying. And guess where Jesus was? He was asleep. So in the meanwhile, while they're trying to figure out how to stop from drowning, they woke Jesus up and said, don't you care? Don't you care that we're drowning? That we're about to die? You guys remember what Jesus said when he woke up? He said, peace, be still. And guess what happened? The wind and the waves obeyed him. And they were confused. Who is this man? Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? He's the Lord, isn't he? He's our God. And that's the peace that, that not only what they would have with them, but Jesus is saying, hey guys, when I go away, you're going to have that very peace inside of you. See, this is the peace that Jesus is speaking of. It's the, it's the, it's the form of his very own life given to us implanted inside of us by the very Spirit of God. See, this life, this peace was only accomplished by what Jesus went through that night. That was the cross. Jesus had to go through the cross. You see, Jesus had to go through that night in order to bring us life, in order to bring us peace. Jesus had to experience death to give us what we are desperately in need for to experience his shalom. Church, our peace is a person. It's not in a perfect circumstance. It's not. No matter how hard you try to manipulate your life, 
You will never have the very peace that you were born to have. You see, peace is not an emotion. It's not a feeling to grasp out for. But it's a life to be received through faith. So lesson. Peace doesn't come from, a, from perfect circumstances, but through faith in a perfect Savior. And that's what we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's our perfect Savior. He lived a life that we can never live. Then he died a death that we deserve because of our sin. That's how we can live in peace. It's by receiving his very own life through faith. It's not something that we can obtain through our good works. We attain from his perfect work. Let's talk about this, this life, this peace. Point number two, the spirit of Christ would keep you in perfect peace. Take a look at verse 25 and 26. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. <laughs> our Father, our God, he's a giver, isn't he? See, John three sixteen, our famous verse that we love to memorize and quote, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, Jesus is telling us that our father is a giver, right? Not only did he give us the son, but he's given us the very spirit of the son. That is good news, guys. The Holy Spirit, the helper, the paraclete, the breath of God, our advocate, our true friend. That's how the Holy Spirit is described in the Bible. That is, that is who we have inside of us. See, Jesus is the first helper, and he's telling us about a second helper that is coming. You see, the role in the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to teach us all that Christ has said, and to bring to our remembrance all that Christ has said. A.K.A. the gospel, right? See, the Holy Spirit ministers the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to us. To our very own lives. You see, the finished work of Jesus Christ is the ongoing work inside of our souls, inside of our hearts. And this comes through the Spirit who's in us. You see, all that Jesus commanded us will now be possible for us through the Spirit of God. And guess what? The results are peace. Romans 5.1 tells us this. It says, therefore, since you have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we have peace with God? Through our faith. And our Lord Jesus Christ, the word says that we have been justified. That's a legal term that says that you are not no, no longer guilty, but you are declared righteous. You are declared righteous, Christian. Because of what Jesus did for you at the cross. He took your sin and he has given you his righteousness. 
So you have peace with God. Guess what you can call it God now? Abba. Daddy. Dad. That is who your father is. God. Because you have been justified through faith. You have peace with him. No longer have to fear death. No longer have to feel judgment. No longer have to feel the very struggles of this world. Because of what Jesus accomplished for you at the cross. You see, there's not a, a not, a, that is never amount of a work that you can do to be right with God. It is in the finished work of Jesus Christ that makes you right with him. Not only are we right with God, but Ephesians 2, 14 tells us, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So not only are we reconciled to God, but we reconciled to each other. And there's nothing, because Jesus is our peace, there's nothing that can separate us, church. Not the very color on our skin, no matter our educational background, this church is filled with people with GEDs and, and PhDs, right? The rich and the poor, right? Democrat and Republican. Nothing can divide us, nothing can separate us from God and from each other. That's what the gospel accomplished. And that's what the Holy Spirit is reminding us of. There's no walls dividing us, church. We have peace with God and peace with each other. Now we can pursue peace with, with the world, with our coworkers, with our families, right? Who's that person in your life that you have been avoiding? When that name comes up, you cringe. Now that you have peace with God and peace with, with your brothers and sisters of this church, you can pursue reconciliation. from the helper, the paraclete, the breath of God, the life of God. You see, Jesus is going to the Father isn't something um, to be sad about. Look what he says in verse 28 and 29. Verse 28 and 29, he says, You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I will come to you. He said, If you love me, you will have rejoice because I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. See, why, why is Jesus saying, hey, guys, if I leave and I give you this gift, the Holy Spirit, why is that so much better? Why is that so much greater? Jesus is saying it's not something to only be sad about, but it's something to rejoice about, to take great joy in. You see, Jesus is going back to the one who commissioned him, isn't he? He's going back to the one um, that he loves. He's going back to the Father's bosom. He's going to the very place he, that is dear to him that he was been, been at for all eternity. He's returning to glory. You see, the disciples should have been in both columns. They should, they should have been sad, sorrowing, but also rejoicing. Isn't that the Christian life? Isn't our life one of both sorrowing and rejoicing? A life of great difficulty, but also a life of great glory. See, this is what the Holy Spirit is teaching us, the Christian life. It's a life of constant sorrow and rejoicing. Has this year been one of both for you? Has this year been one of great sorrowing, but also rejoicing? You see, this life on this side of glory 
is not guaranteed victories, right? Jesus is not guaranteed that we only experience victories all, all throughout eternity, right, from now. But it is, guess what, it's a guaranteed struggle. It is a guaranteed struggle. The question then becomes, will you engage the very struggles of life face-to-face with your God? Will you engage the very trials of life, the tribulations of life with the Spirit of God inside of you? Isn't that how Jesus lived? Isn't that what the cross was? Wasn't the cross both one of great suffering, but also great joy? You see, we read this verse earlier. It says, look, we are looking to Jesus, the very founder and perfecter of our faith. For for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand on the throne of God. See, the word says that, yes, he wanted that cup to to, to bear from him, right? He wanted that cup to be taken away from him. But what was his joy, church? What was his joy? His joy was you. You are the joy of God. So despising the shame, he endured it. And guess what? Now he's seated at the right hand of God in victory, isn't he? And with Jesus on the throne and with the spirit inside of us, guess what the spirit of God is doing? He is transforming us. He is transforming us from one degree of glory to another. He's making us more and more like Jesus. You see, this happens from the inside out through faith. You see, the, the spirit of God, it teaches us and reminds us our very position as a Christian, that you are a new creation, that you are a son and daughter of God that you are the bride of Christ, and that one day, just like Christ is seated, you will be seated with him. But he also reminds us of our condition. He's reminding us that this present condition that we're in, this present suffering, our present condition is not going to be eternal. But as we trust in our position in Christ, we trust in the peace that he has given to us, he is transforming us and sanctifying us. You see, without having the spirit of Christ, we are trapped in this life, chasing after things of this world to satisfy us, chasing after things of this world to bring us joy and peace and hope. But guys, trust that the spirit of God will keep you in perfect peace as he teaches you and reminds you of the very gospel of Jesus Christ. That he teaches you and reminds you of your position in Christ. Point number three, we experience true peace as we walk through the troubles of life by faith. You see, shalom doesn't come by avoiding trouble. It doesn't. It comes when we embrace the troubles of life with faith. When you embrace the darkness with faith. You see, at the end of verse of chapter 14, Verse 31, he says this, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. See, Jesus tells his disciples, rise, let us go. 
Where are they going? They head off into the night, into the darkness, into the storm, towards the cross. Not away from it. See, this eternal peace that we have been discussing only comes as we walk through the trouble. Through the fear, through the suffering towards the cross. Why? Because peace is the result of faith. Right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. He guides me. See, it's, it's not a result of the situation or the circumstances. It's the result of faith. You see, John 16, 33 tells us this. It says, this is, this is at the end of Jesus' farewell conversation with the disciples. Right? He reminds them. He says, hey, guys, I have said these things to you that, it, that in me you may have peace. He says, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You see, here we have very honest words from Jesus, don't we? That we will face trouble. Jesus is making sure we understand the reality that we live in. There is no avoiding trouble by faith. You see, this is not the prosperity gospel. I'm not standing up here saying, guys, if you believe enough, God will take away the trouble. I'm not saying that. Our faith does not keep us from trouble. Our faith uh, leads us into it with a shepherd. With a shepherd king. See, that one shepherd, he goes in it with us, through it with us. See, our faith, you, you, we cannot work our way out of this trouble. We cannot work our way out of tribulation. We cannot believe enough to, to eliminate our sin, our illness, death, tribulation, worry, racism. Name your sin. You cannot work your way out away from it. See, the tribulation that Jesus is speaking of is both outside of us and inside of us. We cannot look to the systems of this world to save us, and we can't look within our own hearts to save us. They both only bring more trouble because they both are sinful and fallen. See, Jesus told the disciples in John 16, 33, right before this verse, he says, hey, guys, I know you're going to fail me. I know you're going to abandon me. I know you're going to deny me. I know you're going to be scattered. But in me, you will have peace. See, Jesus is offering us, he's offering his disciples peace in spite of our sin, in spite of our failure. It's grace. Something that we don't deserve, don't, isn't it? Our shalom that's so disconnected from our own ability, from our own control, from our own work, and our own achievements. It's a peace that is found in his success. And his achievement, and his accomplishment, not ours. It's in his life. 
You see, in John chapter 14, verse 30, Jesus talks about the ruler of this world. Right. He said, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. I love that Jesus said that he has no claim on me. See, the ruler of this world is the devil. Church, and he has no hold on Christ. He has no claim on Christ. And Christian, you are in Christ. Since you are in Christ, guess what? The devil doesn't have a claim on you. He doesn't because you belong to Jesus. Jesus is offering us a peace that the world around us cannot give us. Even Satan cannot take it away from us. A shalom that is so, so present in every circumstance, in every situation, within any tribulation, within any trouble, he offers us peace that comes as we enter the trouble by faith because our Savior has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. When he died on that cross, he said, it is finished. The work has been done. So now there's this light and momentary affliction is preparing for you an eternal weight of glory. So that one day you get to see God face to face. You'll be in his presence. There will be no more sin and no more suffering. Christian, you are a citizen of heaven. You belong to the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And that place has many rooms. I'm going and I will come back to get you. So not only were we waiting for the baby Jesus, we're waiting for King Jesus to return, aren't we? And he will finally deliver us. It is finished, church. I want to challenge you this morning. Maybe, maybe, maybe this year you have been overwhelmed with trouble and hurt. I want to show you that there is a Savior. Maybe you've been trying to manipulate it. Maybe, you, maybe you've been looking to ice cream and cold stone or a bottle to give you the peace. The Bible says that we all have fallen short and fallen, fallen short of the glory of God. See, the free gift of life is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. If you're here this morning and you're looking for hope, or you're looking for peace, it is in Jesus Christ. See, he lived the perfect life for you, and he died the death that you mean you deserved. But if you receive him through faith, you can, you can have new life. What better time than now, as we enter into a new year, that you can enter into this new year with a Savior? with a shepherd, with the one true God. I plead with you, place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Church, I want to challenge you. Christian, I want to challenge you to pray scripture this year. So my note takers, this is lesson three. Pray scripture. Pray God's promises back to him. Right? Philippians 4, 6 says this. Seven says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What if we prayed this prayer, guys? God, guard our hearts and our minds. Help us not to be anxious about anything. 
But let us come to you and plead with you and beg to you to guard our hearts and our minds, knowing that the work is finished, so that we can have the peace that surpasses all understanding. See, church, can you imagine what God can do through a group of people like us who have truly given their worries to him? When everyone around you is freaking out and they see you and they say, wow, you have a peace that, that, that I don't understand, that is beyond my comprehension. Imagine the impact you would have when the Holy Spirit begins to teach your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, your family, everything that Christ has said. Church, we don't know what tomorrow may look like. We don't know what 2021 may look like. But will you rise and go wherever your Savior leads you? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for being a giver. Thank you for giving us your son, Jesus Christ. But not only that, thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you. We are desperate for you. Holy Spirit, help us to know Christ. Help us to know him who, who came, who lived, who died, and who resurrected. As you work that out in our own hearts, help us to trust you. God, there's so many people in here with so many burdens and troubles, so, many, um, and, and so much anxiety and worries. Jesus, I pray that while you're seated on your throne, that you will, you will continue to be our advocate. We have two advocates. Help that bring us peace and hope this morning and every day of our lives. God, as we rise, as we go, as we go into whatever world takes us, help us to trust you, knowing that we would never walk alone. We look forward to seeing you face to face, Jesus. But until that day, help us to serve you and boldly do what you call us to do. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.